Hey guys, and welcome to episode 3 of Give Me a Break with me, Angelito. I just want to start out this podcast just right off the bat. No introduction, no one cares about my day, because I don't even care about my day. So let's just go. I was listening, I was at the gym, right? And I was listening to Views with David Dobrik and Jason Nash. One of my favorite podcasts. I'm pretty sure I listened to every single episode at least three or five times. Not even kidding. But they was posing some fan texted um david dobig a question being like if you could experience death like the whole entire thing like the afterlife whatever whatever's past death not just like you feel the pain and you come back but you get to experience the whole cycle of death and then you get to come back would you do it which i mean obviously i feel like any single person with a ounce of curiosity would do but what i want to question is what does happen when we die this this isn't going to be the majority of the podcast i am going to talk about my japan judo trip but i just wanted to talk about this for a little bit so what what happens when we die and the idea of death is just it's so perplexing like i'd like to argue that we have a lot of things revolved around the idea of death. For example, religion, it almost feels like it's kind of controversial. I will debate about religion. I could for a while, thanks to my IB World Religions class. But I'd like to, it really feels like religion is just a, it's almost like a blanket over you shivering about your fear of death because you don't want to accept your mortality or maybe you do maybe i'm just drastically having a generalization but that's what that's my opinion on religion religion really does feel like a just an escape goat saying like oh i'm so scared of death but and i'm gonna tremble and let it consume me and no religion and god and allah and zeus and all these mighty religious figures Nah, they got you. They got you, bro. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But yeah, what was I even talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah, death. So, wow, I kind of said that kind of serial killer ass. Let's just ignore that. But, so what, what could happen when we die? Let's say you go, let's say that there is a heaven and hell. Let's play with that idea. So, what, you go, you go to heaven, you just chill. It's like the nicest place in the world. Bro, I'd dap God up and being like, so why the heck didn't you say anything? Why didn't you give us any concrete proof? All we have is stories from people in, what is it, freaking 200 AD? What, you really think I'm going to go off, going to base off all my ideas of someone who didn't know how to combine a stick and three pieces of stone to make a stone pickaxe. Like, come on. That is basic Minecraft knowledge. Learn how to make your tools. Okay, obviously they had, like, tools and stuff at that time. But you know what I mean. People back then, not necessarily the most educated. So I don't know why we would base off our knowledge off of that. But I digress. And even the the idea of hell, that's... That doesn't, that's not really something godlike, man. Like, it just feels a little bit too unholy for, say, God to say, you are damned to eternal damnation or whatever the Bible says. Don't, 
don't yell at me, mom. Never read it. Never read a quote. Probably only saw the word Holy Bible on the cover. And that was the extent of my readings of it. I'm probably going to have to be forced to do that a lot for my IB World Religions class. Not looking forward to it, but just something I got to do. I don't know. I mean, my personal belief about death is just that when we die, we die. It's a black space. Nothing's really left there. And it's just like, it is what it is. <clears throat> I don't know why we would get so consumed with what could possibly happen when we know what's happening right now and we can just enjoy what we have right now. And then that also brings up the question, what's the purpose of life? Which is like, you know, a very broad, basic, existential question. But I mean, really, what what is the purpose? And I hate, I hate it when people say the purpose of life is death. Because it's the only thing consistent in our lives. Which, I mean, yes, because it's universally applicable to humans, mortality, and just living beings in general. But it's just so, it's just so bland. Like, like, where's the flavor? Like, you, you toss the chicken in the oven without even putting salt or seasoning on it. Where's the flavor in that? You know what I'm saying? I feel like the purpose, if the purpose of life was death, what is, com what is stopping me from committing seppuku and just getting to the shortcut? Y'all are out here spending 100 years plus of your lives trying to elongate your destination of the purpose of life like what's that what's the, what was the reason what was the reason <laughs> but anyways um i could probably talk about existential things for god knows how long especially because of my tok class i hate that class uh yeah so let's talk about going on to a whole different subject god i'm such a bad podcaster whole different subject let's talk about my japan judo trip <clears throat> i'm not gonna lie i was trying to figure out how to connect the existential crisis to my judo trip didn't have it didn't have it but yeah so i'll start off with um i guess just explaining judo to those who don't know it's it is a martial art it is a grappling martial art though it's it is similar to wrestling with the groundwork but it is, has a lot more emphasis on throws so you know takedowns in wrestling it's <clears throat> it's just it's almost pure takedowns in judo but you do go on the ground you have chokes arm bars i think even heel hooks no not heel hooks there's like leg locks and things like that like just submissions in general you know so I've been doing that since my freshman year, so about three-ish years. My freshman year was kind of iffy because I did quit halfway through the season because of some relationship issues I had at the time. That's, mm, that's a mess. That's a mess. We don't have to talk about that. We can ignore that. But I really started getting serious about judo my sophomore year. This was when I had some of the most favorite people... I've ever done judo with in my life. Shout out Steven, Luis, True, Danielle, all those people who we ended up actually winning this thing called Triple Crown with. I think I talked about this in my last workout podcast, maybe. But these guys, 
it's not like I was like really close friends with them. Like, I mean, we were just close, like as a team. But it's because they really, really pushed me and showed me how, like, how much fun and how much benefit there is to being so serious and so committed to a sport. Like, it's crazy the things you do. I would, my daily schedule when I had club, I'd go to school. Then I had, I'd go to school. And then at the time I had zero hours. So I'd go to school about 6.30ish, around 6.30. And then I'd go, I'd end school 2.30, head over to practice from 3 to 5. And then on, I believe, what is it, Tuesday, Thursdays? Sorry, Judah hasn't been open for a while, so I'm kind of forgetting stuff. But on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'd go from 6 to 8. No, it's from 7 to 9. It was from 7 to 9. I'd go to my club down in, it's like 30-ish minute drive from my house. I'd go there, and then I'd get off at 9. So basically, my whole schedule is from 6 to 9, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Or at least from 6 to about 6 and then do homework for the rest of the day. Like, I would do, I'd make myself go through very questionable schedules. Giving myself very small amounts of breaks, which, eh, debatable on whether or not it was healthy for my mental state. I mean, there is points where you get overwhelmed, but you just have to get your, I don't know, just things that help you. Friends, family, food, not drugs. Don't do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs, kids. But, yeah, so my sophomore year, I only was doing high school judo at the time. So, season started around in March, and then I'd go off all the way until about June. This, my sophomore year, the one I'm talking about, is from... There's this thing where you can win the league, so that you're just the best in the league. Then there's this thing called um, Wilson Cup. Where it's just you have your varsity going against all, like all three other schools at once, compared to two others at league, which is honestly Wilson Cup. It's kind of weird. It's really just another really big league match, just with the other school. Anna, but we won that as well, and then we won state too. And when you win all three of those, it's called triple crown. That year was the first time KM's ever done that. Like, it was the first time my school has ever done that. And because of that, that just really, really emphasized my love for judo. And that's why I was willing to put myself through that hell of a schedule. So after my sophomore year, I got really into club judo. And my practices, I was very consistent. I had tried my best to help out. And it really, my efforts were being noticed from my senseis. I am going to call them senseis does sound weird to people who aren't in judo but suck it up buttercup deal with it so my senseis were noticing and they were seeing that like i had a potential to learn and grow and that's when one of our lead senseis was like hey there's this japan judo trip and i I knew about this trip because um my captains at the time they had went there but yeah they were like there's this japan trip if you would like to go all you gotta do is just tell me, cause I he offered me this when I went to a there was a barbecue our club was having, and I got there early, you know, early ish, helped him set up, just had a good time with my team. 
and he offered me this and I was like yes of course of course yeah without a doubt and he was like okay I will fill out um, I'll send you the application on email just text me a reminder and then yes so I texted him a reminder asking for it he actually he was like oh yeah just hold on I still have to find it I kept reminding him at Zenu, my club I kept reminding him at the club and he was like, oh, yeah, just keep reminding me. And then one day I was just like, okay, he probably just doesn't want me to go. So I just ignore it. And then a couple months later, he was like, hey, Lido. So Japan, still good? And then I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, of course. And then one day I get an email from my, I forget which sensei it was, but they were like, yeah, so our candidates today who are going to the Japan trip and do, it's going to be a small amount because usually it's like four people, but it was only two this time. It's going to be Angelito, Timbrezo, Umagat, and then someone will get to know this girl named Patricia Salazar. I don't know if I butchered your last name, Patricia. I don't even know if you listen to these, but yeah. So I was, I was ecstatic when I saw my name. I was literally in the car with I think my dad at the time, we were at the, oh, we were at the landing getting boba because my mom wanted something around there. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna go get some, something to drink. I just started yelling in the car. I was like, holy fuck, holy fucking shit. Oh my God. Like just swearing all I want, just so profusely, unnecessarily loud. But I was like, what, 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 what the hell's going on? What's wrong with you? And I told him, I was like, I just got accepted to go to the Japan judo trip. And I was like, Dad, can I go to Japan? And he was like, um, I go ask your mom. Like, basic basic answer to go ask your mom. But, yeah. And then the weird thing is, I never filled out a formal application to go on compared to a lot of my other people. Oh, my God. This podcast already at 14 minutes. This is going to be a long podcast, boys. I'm going to be honest. But. Yeah, so I never really filled out a formal application, and somehow I was just like, they're like, all right, here you go. Crazy. Crazy. And so, yeah, I texted Patricia at the time, because I I did get to do a little bit of talking with her before, a while back, when she was talking to my friend. So, yeah, I kind of got to know her. She was also friend. She was friends with my current girlfriend right now. And yeah, so I got to know her a little bit and then I texted her. We got a little bit closer. I was saying like, oh, hey, this, this, that. Do you have these documents? Like, what do we need to bring to this meeting? So we had a lot of meetings. The prep for this trip was so stressful. I had to get a passport. Apparently, you can get a passport from the post office. My passport photo was actually un oddly ugly because I had long-ish hair but I was wearing a beanie at the time so literally my passport photo is me with hat head even my driver's license photo is me with hat head because I was just wearing a beanie all the time but yeah I mean I had to get my passport had to get my clothes oh they gave us these uniforms and they had the sexiest jacket ever it was nice it was thick like thick with three C's, kept me warm throughout my whole entire trip. Oh, I miss that jacket. Sadly, they made us give, give it back, but they actually gave us these shirts with our name on. It was pretty cool. 
but yeah i mean i don't want to get stuck off with all like the preparatory stuff because talking about that alone will literally be hours but let's just go off to let's see let's see mm-hmm. so after convincing my parents to let me go and after we prepared everything that we had it was finally like the build-up to this trip was crazy my excitement through the roof I didn't even care. I was going to miss an ungodly amount of homework. I'm getting butterflies just thinking about Japan right now. But yeah. So we went through this and... Okay. So when we were driving to the airport, we drove to the airport and my parents wanted to get breakfast with me right before I went. So we got IHOP. It was very nice. They treated me out. And our flight was about 7 o'clock-ish. Oh, by the way, we had a sensei going with us as well. I'm going to call him. Uh, he's going to be Sensei Alice. No one's really going to know who I'm talking about. If This podcast isn't ever going to get that big to where I got to worry, okay? But his name was Sensei Allen. He, Sensei Allen, the best. He was the most funniest, lit, laid-back sensei I've ever met in my life. And... Yeah, after that, went to the airport. I was texting Patricia. I was like, hey, um, are you around here? Where where are you? We followed our gate. And at this time, actually, coronavirus was just starting to... It was starting to get traction in China. Like, just around this time, people were getting worried. It was only in China about around the time. It was becoming sort of a epidemic-ish around in other countries as well so it was semi-spreading but it was nowhere near the u.s yet hold on let me sip my tea real quick but sorry for the asmr but yeah so that was a concern for us and i mean people in japan they're already always wearing a mask anyways so it wasn't really out of the ordinary for us to walk around with a mask on back then this is, I think this trip was about February. Yeah, this is about February right now. It was actually, yeah, it's the trip is about a week, a weekish. Yeah. So we go to the airport. I meet Patricia there. Her family's there. My family's there. They introduce each other. They say hi, this, this, and that. And we got to the airport pretty early. We exchanged some money with the spare time we had. And we were, we were waiting for a sensei. He was taking a really, really long time. We had a meeting time. I think it was about 7.30 in the morning. But he was just nowhere to be found. Like, he didn't get there until about 8.30 or 9. We were emailing my the head sensei, who was really the director of the trip. It's like, hey, do you have Sensei Allen's phone number? We can't really find him. And then that sensei's low-key panicking because he's like, wait, where, where is he? But he, Sensei Allen, finally comes at around 9 o'clock-ish. Like, we still have plenty of time to catch our flight and everything. But just the whole sigh of relief, like, oh, finally he's there. Literally, you could hear it between all the families and all the, just us. It was crazy. So we come in, and you're already going to get a sense of how not really uptight he is. He was like, oh, sorry, my alarm didn't go off. My parents didn't wake me up or something. I think because he was just staying at his parents at the time. Because I don't remember why. Yeah, so that happened. We finally go. We head up. And at this time, we're really still kind of awkward talking to each other. 
I never really hung out with Patricia except for like one or two times because she was talking to my friend, as I said previously. And yeah, so everyone was still kind of uncomfy. Sensei Allen was really good at getting us to talk to each other. And we go through the whole airport security process, say goodbye to our parents. They were really, they were fine. The line was, I hated the line. I don't know why there's so many people clinging up and through that airport that day. But yeah, line was long. So we get through it and we finally reach our gate. We have about an hour to spare. So we're like, hey guys, let's go walk around the airport. And I was, I was low-key kind of just playing Clash Royale on my phone. But I was like, uh, okay, okay. I had a, I actually did get a decent amount of money from my siblings at the time because they were like, oh, we're so proud of you for doing this and this and that and judo. Here's some money. Don't forget to exchange it. And it was very nice. Very nice. So we walk around the airport, got some, actually got some shitty airport food. I don't really remember. It was like some crappy snacks from that basic convenience store you always see. And yeah, I'm gonna be honest, guys. I think I'm gonna have to split this podcast into two. Because I'm already at the 20 minute mark and I'm still in America right now. But maybe I'll just hurry up this process a little bit. So yeah, we walk around the airport and we head to our flight. Like, it's basically our flight now. We walk in, hand over the boarding pass. Um. Our luggage was kind of a pain, not going to lie. I had a decent-sized carry-on with my judo gi in it and all my extra crap I needed with me on the flight. I was thinking about doing homework, and I just ended up getting lazy. So, yeah, we go on the flight. The flight was about 14 hours. 14 hours. And, yeah, so it was 14 hours. Oh, we actually stopped in... Narita, I believe it's Narita, Tokyo first. No, Narita Airport in Tokyo. So we had to stop by in Tokyo for a day because we ended up having our flights and with the bus scheduling, it just it didn't add up. Like it just didn't really work together. So we had to go for another day. So we stayed in Tokyo for the day. We had, oh my God, when we landed and I could just see that like, the whole entire land it was just so much it just looks so drastically different than america the architecture is different you don't just see i mean you only see japanese people majority walking around i'm not i mean in america where i'm from not really not really used to that like yeah of course there's places in america where there's like majority white people but where i live it's it's pretty diverse it's very diverse so seeing only Japanese people walking around, that was a whole mind blow. Seeing how, oh, the first snack I bought there was actually an onigiri, which is a rice ball with seaweed. And it had like, I think I accidentally bought the pickled plum one. It's like omebushi. It was okay. Not really the best thing to eat off right off the bat. But oh, I'll tell you guys about the food in a bit. So when we landed... We had people waiting for us at the end of, like, when you go to security, declare your items, this, this, and that, pick up your luggage. We had people meeting us there. And one thing I kind of didn't really take into account, like, obviously, duh, everyone's speaking Japanese, but I, I didn't really take into account that I literally cannot communicate 
efficiently and effectively in English as in Japanese with anyone. Like I have, I took three years of Japanese at this time, actually about two and a half ish. But I didn't, I didn't really have the skills to have a really natural and flowing conversation. Like I could ask for the bathroom, there's all the basic stuff to teach you in Japanese or just any language class in general. So I could get by ish. I don't want you to think too highly of me. But yeah, so when we landed, there was two senseis over there. I, oh, shit. I don't really remember their name. But they were like, oh, yeah, here, let's go. So we were still feeling kind of groggy from the airport because I think we landed. I believe we landed at night. Yeah, we Yeah, we did. We landed at night. Because there's a 14-hour time difference. So it's about 9, 11, 9, 10 o'clock. The jet lag felt ungodly weird. So when we hopped onto the bus, like, yes, we slept on the airplane. But, you know, sleeping on an airplane, it's not that comfortable. It's just kind of, you're always kind of adjusting. You're waking up every, like, two hours, every 30 minutes. But, bro, the movie selection? Immaculate. Anyways, so when we get back, we had to hop on a charter bus. I think it's a charter bus, just an airport bus. And it took us to our hotel, which was actually about, it was a good bus ride away. It's probably about an hour, hour long. And me, Patricia, and Sensei Allen, we got to talking really nice. And we got really close. We got closer. I won't say really close at this point. But we got closer. And let's see. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but yeah, we, we hopped on the bus, all four of us. We drive the one hour. We actually passed by Disneyland Tokyo, according to my sensei, because me and Patricia fell asleep on the bus. It was it was funny. And it was just so, so odd being consumed by another culture. Because personally, I haven't gone anywhere outside of the States besides, what, Canada? I mean, Canada's Canada. It's just same thing as America, just with nicer people. And it smells like maple syrup, okay? And so when we got to the hotel, we got into a very urban area. Like, it was very, very interesting. There was anime girls in really large billboards. It was very metro, not metropolitan, metro, I don't know, just metro town us. And we actually each had our own hotel room. The hotels were really... The hotels were small. I'm going to just make the generalization. People in Japan are... People in Japan are small. Personally, I am six foot two. I could not fit the most comfortably in a lot of places. I'd hit my head on a lot of things. I'd have to duck to go in... I think it was just to enter my hotel room. It was already a little bit... It was a little bit small. So, yeah. We actually had to be in our uniform. So, we changed into our uniforms. Took a shower in our hotel room. Because we just felt gross. Like, we felt, we just felt gross. Like, 14-hour plane ride, hour, hour and a half bus ride. All we wanted to do was just sit, get some rest. Because the following day, we had to go, um, we had to catch our next flight to Yamaguchi. Which is where everything else really happens. Sorry, I think I'm going to have to cut this off soon. After I think this is just going to be Tokyo. 
this episode is just going to be Tokyo. And then my next one will be purely Yamaguchi. So in Tokyo, we went down into... The guy was asking. So one of the senseis who met us there was like, so what do you what do you guys want to eat? But obviously he was trying to test our Japanese. Like he could speak English. Like he, he spoke English pretty well. Like it was a lot better than my Japanese. And he was like, what do you guys want to eat? So we were like, uh, anything nearby? But he was like, okay, do you guys like, um, do you guys like sushi? And we were like, oh, sure. I mean, it's not like we knew other Japanese foods at the time. We just like the basic ones. Like you had sushi, teriyaki, ramen, like just those basic bitch foods. But, yo, we had sa- not salmon. We did have salmon. We had sushi in Japan. Oh, my God. That shit was amazing. And first of all, food in Japan, so cheap. <clears throat> like, it is so cheap. You do not have to be going out to these gourmet, bougie restaurants. We went to this little, I think it's a chain sushi restaurant. I don't remember the name. But it's literally conveyor belt almost conveyor belt sushi like they made it and then you ordered off of a tablet and then the order would just come to you and just shot off into onto your table but yeah so we got sushi i ate so much because they were like oh eat as much as you guys want this is our treat and we were like oh thank you so much we the senseis were actually trying to test their japanese they're saying they're talking to us they're saying they were asking, um, they were just trying to see what we could understand. So they were asking, did you watch a movie in the plane? And I'm not going to, here, I'll try to do the Japanese translation. It's like, Naka no hikoki ni ega wo mimashita, mimashita ka. Like, something like that. And I was like, oh, hi. Because she was, he was actually talking to Patricia at the time. But they were like, oh my god, sugoi! <laughs> Sorry, I was kind of loud. But they, yeah, they were just so impressed that we knew even just like the basic tiny sentence. But at this time, we were so embarrassed and so shy to talk in Japanese. Like by the end of the trip, we were talking like more in like, we had more Japanese. Um, I guess that like, we were talking more in Japanese than English. <laughs> like it sounds kind of weird because it's like but you guys are talking to each other and more conversation but we were actually staying with our exchange family and i'll talk about them later but our exchange family it was yeah because we had to communicate with them in japanese they didn't really know that much english in tokyo and like the city area so much more people knew english like you could say like can i get a book with a japanese accent or can i get this food can i get Salmon, please. Onegaishimasu. <laughs> and they'd, they'd understand you, okay? But... Sorry, I'm burping. Gross. Okay. So yeah, we got sushi. We ate so much. We had a decent time with them. It was very fun. Having our hotel room, own hotel room. I should not be able to have my own hotel room. There was actually a little balcony on my hotel room. And for some reason, the only thing... Patricia was in the hotel room right next to me. But the only thing that like separated us on the balcony was just a thin little like piece of wall that you could really just look over and be like, hi. So I, what I did, I think I, I scared the crap out of Patricia. I hopped out onto the balcony, looked over, and I just 
banged on her window from the other side. Or, no, I banged on the wall, too. Like, just the wall in between us. And I think one time she scared the shit out of me. I don't really remember what, but she was just randomly knocking, like, boom, 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 boom. And I almost shit myself. Because we were talking about, there's a Japanese horror character. It's Juon. Juon. We were talking about Juon. We saw the pictures because we were looking it up. Patricia knew all about it, but we were talking about it with everyone at dinner. And that that image, that creepy... Bro, Juon is just a grudge, but on crack. Like, Juon will fucking snap the grudge's neck in half if it really wanted to. That's how scary looking this motherfucker was. But, yeah. So, what we did, we just slept for the night. And then, you know, just checked up with my parents being like hi yeah i'm in tokyo i landed it's really nice here just explaining them the gist of my trip so we wake up the next morning and what we had to do was we had to get up kind of early because we had to catch a bus to the airport terminal in narita it was actually it wasn't narita airport it was a separate one and it was about another hour and a half drive oh another thing i noticed smoking in japan like, I didn't realize it was so, like, that much more acceptable. It's almost like Californian smoking weed. It, that's, like, Japanese people with their cigarettes. They even had, like, smoking, like, tents area sort of things. Like, people were boxing with nicotine almost. And it, it was kind of weird. But, yeah. So, we head off. We were just walking. Because the bus station was actually really close to our hotel. It was really nice. We actually did a good amount of shopping around there i bought like some kit kats strawberry cheesecake and i think it was sake flavored kit kats i bought because people obviously wanted things so i bought those kit kats got me a nice little bag that i still use and yeah that's pretty much about it so now we just go head off we're in our uniforms go onto the bus and then we head off Another hour and a half bus ride. Hold on. Sorry about that. My girlfriend was trying to FaceTime me. But yeah, so we head off to the bus, head off to the airport. And yeah, it was just another time waiting. We said goodbye to the senseis because they were only there just to guide us through Tokyo. And they were so nice, so polite. Really, we didn't really know that much about them. But just the way they were treating us was very nice. Made us feel very welcomed. So yeah, we waited for our flight. It was only about it was only about two hours to Yamaguchi Prefecture. Prefecture is basically like another state. So we went from Tokyo all the way to Yamaguchi. I believe it's Ube City Airport, maybe something like that. But yeah, so it was countryside. Like it was very very countryside esque. It wasn't that hard to tell once we landed, but. Honestly, by the end of the trip, I love the countryside so much. So we landed in Yamaguchi Airport after two hours. Caught like 30 minute nap because um, we were just kind of sleepy. There wasn't any, there was no movie selection compared to the one, um, the 14 hour plane ride. But yeah, so we head down and then we get our bags and I meet my, we meet our exchange families. So Patricia's was, I just remember that the student in the exchange family, his name was June. June was such a cool dude. 
I loved June. He was so funny. He was like honestly a little bit awkward and shy around Patricia. And actually, actually he kind of got a little bit of a crush on her by the end. But you didn't hear that from me. But yeah, so we did that. And then my family's name was, I mean, not the family name, but the student name was Kaito. Kaito was so funny. I actually didn't even recognize him when I saw him. I was like, wait, so who, who is this guy just standing right there? Because he was just standing there kind of quiet. I mean, it's not like he knew well how to talk to me. But we just, you know, whipped out a little bit of Google Translate, figured out what to say. And yeah, we introduced ourselves in Japanese. You know, I mean, they make you practice that so many times in Japanese class or just any language class, I'm sure. So we did that. We said hi. And our sensei, Alan, went off with um, the head sensei, Yamane sensei. Yamane sensei. With his... um. Oh, what was the other guy's name? Is Zono. Zono, I can't believe that. Zono was a senior and he was actually um well senior, fourth year, about the same thing. They were with yeah. So he went over there to their to Yamani Sensei's house. I went with Kaito to their house and Patricia went to June's house. And this was the first time we were all being separated. I was terrified for what was about to happen. I was so scared. I was like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to communicate? How am I even going to ask if I can take a shit or not? And like just the culture barrier, the different culture norms, how you just the whole house is different. It's just sliding doors. I got to get used to their showers were weird. But yeah, so we I got it. I hopped into the car and then we all left. And I think I'm actually going to leave the podcast at that. I'm going to leave the whole entire... Sorry, like, the fir- this first part was really just introduction, backstory, and it's, like, the build-up to the main part. So next podcast, I'm going to talk about Yamaguchi, the actual judo, doing judo with black belts. Because everyone, all the students we were practicing with were black belts. How Patricia may or may not have, you know, gotten a little boot thing over in Japan. But I'll talk about all that in the next podcast. So thank you guys so much for listening. This was Give Me a Break, episode three by me, Angelito. Um, whatever you guys, you guys have any feedback, just let me know. Text me. I mean, all the people who listen to this are on my Instagram, so it's not like anyone new is talking. But yeah. Thank you, guys. I love you. Bye-bye.